It's time for Tuesday Terror, here on the Mutual Audio Network. The following audio drama is rated PG-13, suggesting that all children under the age of 13 should listen accompanied with an adult. This is Robert Arnold, Executive Director of Chatterbox Audio Theatre. Tonight, for the fourth consecutive year, we venture away from our online home at www.chatterboxtheatre.org in order to come to you live over the airwaves on 91.1 WKNO Memphis and 90.1 WKNP Jackson. Our broadcast this evening comprises four original tales of horror, all performed live in the studio by our talented team of voice actors, sound effects artists, musicians, and sound engineers. Together, we will spend the following hour doing our best to liven up your Halloween night with a shudder, a gasp, and perhaps even a scream or two. Before we begin, a word of caution. Tonight's stories are deliberately intense. Their intensity will be compounded by your imagination, where your worst fears are never more than a thought away. So, if you are timid, easily upset, or faint of heart, please turn off your radio now. For you brave souls who choose to stay with us, let's begin. We open this year's performance with a tale about an object that is nearly as old as tales themselves, the locked box. From that fateful moment when Pandora agonized over it, the locked box has been an enticing symbol of power and possibility. Yet until a box is opened, one can never be entirely sure of what lurks inside. Chatterbox Audio Theater presents tonight's first tale, which is entitled, Free Me. Carter, is everything all right? Let me in. Why? What's going on? What's in the suitcase? Let me in, Lee, and shut the door. You know what time it is, right? Lee, listen to me. I found one. One what? One of what every collector in the world dreams of finding. And I did it. I found one. Look. Well? Carter, what is that? Come on, you know what it is. No, I don't. Maybe I know what you think it is, but I want to hear you say it. It's a genie box, Lee, and it's occupied. You're crazy. Take a look! Carter, you're crazy! Jin, that's folklore. That's Islamic folklore. You know that. Take a look! Where did you get it? From a black market dealer in Cairo. Spent a month tracking it down. I just got back 15 hours on a plane. I drove straight over. 
How much did you pay for it? Doesn't matter. I'm telling you, Lee, it's a genie box, a real one. Do you understand what that means? Do you know what's trapped inside? Whatever amount I paid is nothing, because this thing is priceless. Worthless, you mean. What? Why? It's a trick, Carter. Gin aren't real, you know that. They're a legend, like banshees or the chupacabra. Don't be an idiot. Look at it, Lee. Look at the carvings. I see them. Uh, don't get me wrong. It's a beautiful piece. I'm happy to have it for the collection. But to think that it's real, that it actually works, that's absurd. Fine. Fine. You can say whatever you want. Think whatever you want. I don't care. I just need your help getting it open. You mean you haven't opened it? I, I can't. Why not? Look at it. It's a puzzle box or something. There's a trick to it. See these three circular pieces? They actually rotate. Moving them moves these different characters in line with one another. As far as I can tell, you've got to line all three of them up in a certain way before the box will open. See? I need your help figuring out what pattern will unlock it. Oh, for God's sake, Carter. This is probably the hiding place for some little girl's diary or something. You realize that, don't you? You don't sound so convinced anymore, Lee. I just think you're letting your imagination get the better of you. Well, if I am, then okay. But either way, I want to know, will you help me? Oh, all right. Sure. Wonderful. Thank you. I knew I could count on you. Lee, put your ear up to it. What? Why? Just do it. Okay. Now hold still. Hey, watch it. What are you doing? Shh. Listen. Listen. What is that? Could you hear it? Carter, what is that? I told you. The box is occupied. They tried to x-ray it at the airport and the whole machine malfunctioned. But this is incredible. It can't be. It can't be a real genie. Why not? We've collected stranger things, haven't we? It's a big world out there, Lee. People who poke into its darker corners, people like you and me, are bound to turn up some stuff that seems incredible. Well, let me see it. Well, you're right about the wheels here on the front. It must just be a matter of lining up the symbols correctly. I haven't come up with anything yet. Each wheel has 13 characters, all in what looks like Arabic. 13 symbols, three wheels, that's what? More than 2,000 possible combinations? Hey, wait a minute. What's this? This inscription along the lid here. Is that Arabic too? Yeah, but apparently it's some kind of ancient dialect. Do you know what it says? Uh-huh. The dealer translated it for me. It's an entreaty, an appeal to the owner of the box. Well? It says, open the lock and free me. Okay, this next one is the sun or sunlight or something like that. Write it down. Egg, hand, star, wood, hair, wind, sunlight. It's just a list of random nouns. How are any of these supposed to relate to each other? No idea. And remember, the code may not even be based on what the words represent. It may be a matter of matching up certain sounds or syllables or who knows what. Jeez, I guess you're right. There are a lot of ways to make a puzzle. Maybe we should just pry it open. Well, sure. Be my guest. We could bust open the hinges. They look pretty rusted. No. No, we need to play by the rules. We need to do it right if we want everything to work out. 
And what does that mean exactly? You know the stories. Jinn are supernatural creatures, beings made up of smokeless fire. They're entities of great power and insight. I remember. Then you'll also remember that, according to legend, if a human releases a genie from captivity, that genie becomes his servant. The genie in the bottle. Exactly. But the three wishes idea is kid stuff. Imagine unlimited wishes. Imagine being that powerful as your slave. Do you know what that means, Lee? We'll be like gods. But what about the other side of the stories, Carter? How some jinn despise humans and how they do anything to destroy us. <laughs> Not to worry. A liberated jinnie is a happy jinnie. Together, the three of us will be unstoppable. Food. What? Food. Food. The next character is the word for food. Write it down. Food. Speaking of which, I could really go for something right now. I'm starving. Hey, maybe that one's a symbol for me. Oh, let's just push through the rest of the translations and then we can... Wait a minute. What did you just say? That I'm hungry? That it's a symbol for you. So? That's it, Carter. That's it exactly. The code is another entreaty, just like the inscription, but a symbolic one. What do you mean? Hand. That's us. It starts with us. Our hands are what can release the genie. The box is in the middle. Wood. Wood is what stands between us. And the genie is inside. Fire! Lee, you're a genius! Carter, before we do this, maybe we should talk about it. If there really is a... Hey! Plenty of time for talking about it when we're living like kings, Lee. If you want me to do the honors, I'm more than happy to do it. Carter, wait! Uh, nothing. I guess I was wrong. I can't stand it! It was just an idea. Let's keep working. I'll look up the next symbol. I can't stand it, Lee. Well, that makes more sense than anything we... Carter, are you all right? Yeah. Yeah, I'm fine. Um, do you have any aspirin? I, I do kind of have a headache. Sure, I'll get it. Anyway, if there really is a genie in that box, we're going to need to consider a lot of things before we let it out. For example, I don't even know if... Hey, wait. Wait a minute, Carter. I just realized... Carter, what are you doing? Carter, why did you lock the door? Because you were right, Lee. You cracked the code. That is the combination. Carter, wait a second. I just realized something. That's something the combination. But in Arabic, the answer would read from right to left. Carter, hang on. Don't open it. Meaning, fire comes first, then wood, then hand. Carter, listen to me. Sorry to shut you out, but it's really a matter of simplicity. I think any genie would be happier with only one master, don't you? Yes! Carter! Yes! Yes! Carter! Listen, the word I just looked up! The word food! It's... it's beautiful! It, I knew it looked familiar! It's in the inscription! There's a similar word in the inscription! Carter, don't you get it? The dealer lied to you! I have released you! I am your master! The inscription! It doesn't say open the lock and free me! I am your master! You will serve me! It says open the lock and feed me! No! No, no, no! <laughs> <laughs>
You are listening to a live Halloween performance by Chatterbox Audio Theatre. This is Robert Arnold. Love is, of course, a notoriously strong emotion, one of the strongest we humans are capable of experiencing. Nevertheless, it's always possible that one's feelings of love will be challenged by an equally powerful emotion, fear, say, or anger, or even hunger. Ask yourself, are the outer boundaries of our love and our humanity, which seem so safe and distant in our day-to-day lives, really all that far away? Two unfortunate people will discover, struggle with, and ultimately breach those boundaries tonight, as Chatterbox Audio Theater presents our second tale, which is called Layla. spreads out, heavy and silken across the pillow. The rhythm of her breathing tells me what I need to know as I watch, as I keep guard in the night. I would give anything not to hurt David, but the only way to be sure, to be certain forever, would be to leave him. I've begged to, vowed to, even tried to, but he always pulls me back, convinces me not to go. He believes we can defy fate forever. It's so stupid, so human, so... David. But I want to believe it, too. I let him convince me. I stay. There are sweet nights when she makes it past the dreams with nothing more than girlish murmurs and slips peacefully into the dreamless depths beyond. Then... Her breath's long, long and soft, each one ending in the faintest sigh, like a wave rolling onto a distant shore. Those are the nights when I curl up around her and I whisper her name into the ribbons of her hair as I sink into the same dark sea. My people warned me not to marry him. God knows my parents went on and on about it, but I had to have my way. The thrill of forbidden fruit, I suppose. We came together like magnets when we met. No one could have stopped us. Nothing. Not even the secret I shared so quickly, maybe too quickly, could keep us apart. Other nights are not so sweet. Then I snap awake, warned by sharp whimpers or breathy little snorts, and then I lie motionless, counting the seconds, listening to the pounding of my heart, and I wait for the shifting of Layla's body under the sheets to tell me what she's dreaming. David knows my true nature. He's witnessed the transformation over and over again, somehow still seeing the woman he loves in the beast I become. But he doesn't know my darkest secret. After all this time, I have never been able to admit the one thing he deserves most to know. I watch Layla's hands twitch in her sleep. Usually she grasps at the blanket, pulls it over her as she turns in the bed, and the whimpers die away. But sometimes... Her hands claw at the air and her breath grows fast and harsh and sometimes she runs a four-footed gait, her hands and feet moving swiftly, in sync. And then I know to lie still and silent. I've learned not to wake Layla when she's dreaming of the hunt. Layla! 
When the dreams come, it's not some nameless, faceless human I'm hunting. Not some unlucky stranger who just happened across our land. No. When I dream of the hunt, I am tracking the one scent I know best in all the world. The smell of my husband. My prey. David. She thinks I don't realize it, but Layla dreams of hunting me. If she ever escapes, while transformed, I will be the only prey she seeks. There will be nothing human in her that can save me. No! We've arranged things as best we can. I built a cage in the basement, and I know every path through the fields that surround us, every possible hiding place in the woods. I've never been to the woods, but David has. Knowing the terrain could be his one advantage if... If he ever needs one. I've installed three concrete bunkers on the property. Layla knows about them, but not where they are. It's best for me not to know. One. I have a tranquilizer gun. He doesn't tell me where he keeps the tranquilizers. Two. The keys to the bunkers. Best for me not to know. Three. Four. Five. No, 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 no. And I I always always know the phase phase of the moon. moon. I keep a calendar in every room, something I can check quickly if I need to. The dreams make it all so real. I don't want it to be real. What would I do if it ever became real? I love my husband. I love my wife. But after every change, after she returns to the human form, she doubts it again. And she asks me the same question. And we have the same argument over and over again. And she threatens to leave me for my sake. But I don't want her to go. What would I do without her? My parents cursed me for bringing David into the family. For revealing the secret we had hidden for generations. Destroying their dreams of the generations to come. But I had to. I had to show him what I was. I had to know what she was, so we made our plans. And when we were ready, I I wasn't ready at all. Nothing she told me, nothing I'd imagined had prepared me for the reality, the, the, the furious snarling as she tried to bite through the bars and the hunger that burned in her eyes and the, the increasing desperation in her howls, the anger, the, the agony... As her hunger grew stronger, the all-consuming anger, hunger of her kind is their only weakness. But Layla, Layla made me promise not to bring her so much as a mouse that night. She said she wouldn't be able to bear it later, knowing what I'd seen. And I've watched her kill and eat countless times since. But that night, she suffered until the weakness took her. And by dawn, Layla lay where she had collapsed, eyes half-closed, only the faintest growls rumbling out beneath her breaths. And I sat on the cold, stony ground in the hidden cave, and I stared at her, this woman that I wanted to marry, who wasn't a woman at all. But I still loved her. She was a beast, yes, and a monster, (laughs) certainly, but beautiful. In her own way, her strange gold eyes glowed with intelligence as well as fury, and her thick pelt rippled in endless shades of silver and gray. Her growling was oddly familiar. So I did a foolish, foolish thing, and I reached between the bars to stroke the soft fur along her back, and 
I was lucky that day. The scars are a reminder of how close I came, a constant warning of what it takes to love Layla, to make a life with her. Oh, God. Please open. Please open. I watch David sometimes as he sleeps. Lying in the darkness with him, I study the slopes of his shoulders and hips, the curve of his throat, his hands relaxed in sleep. His body never changes except to age one tiny, imperceptible day at a time. I cannot imagine what it feels like to be human and nothing more. I think that's part of why I love him. I can trust David so much more than I can trust myself. As he sleeps, I close my eyes and breathe it in. The one scent I know best in all the world. David's body, his hair, skin, sweat, and underneath it all the hot, dark smell of his blood. Thick and red, ripe with iron and salt. My nose fills with his scent, my mouth with the taste I crave. My husband, my prey. I would give anything not to hurt David, to believe as he does that we can defy fate forever. But I know, I know, I know he's wrong. The frosty October air carries traces of his scent. Mis mixed with rabbit, mouse, mole, snake, sparrow. I breathe them in, taste every enticing flavor. I savor them all but follow one. I move faster through the rustling grasses, rush through the underbrush, feel the roots and leaves and pine needles under my paws as we race into the woods. This is it, my dream of the hunt, the dream in which I chase my husband night after night to his death. I don't want it to be real, but it is. Oh God, oh God, please open, please. Layla. Layla? Okay, baby. Okay, okay, baby. Take it easy. Take it easy. He smells of sweat and fear. It's intoxicating. Layla, you know who did this. Your parents, your family. Easy, 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 easy. Okay, 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 Layla. You know this part of the plan. Where's my lighter? Oh, God, where's my lighter? Where's my lighter? Okay, I just need to keep you Honey, please! It burns my eyes. The smoke is oily and bitter. My nose fills with it. Layla, think back. They forced you out of that cage, and you wouldn't have come out on your own. It was just before the transformation. You remember? And they got between me and the house, and they made sure that I couldn't get home, that I couldn't, I couldn't get to you. Alone. Left me alone. Alone with the hunger. I'm sorry. I'm sorry. I wasn't there. But you know why. I was checking the snares, the rabbit snares, for you. The hunger burns. Burns. For you, Layla. Listen, listen, they plan this. They jammed the lock on the bunker, and I can't get inside. I can't get away from you. I don't want to hurt you. 
Oh, I smell him through the smoke. I see him through the fire. He smells of meat and blood. I hunger for him. They want me dead, and that's not enough for them. I can smell his fear, his fury, his love for me. They want you to do it, don't you see? Don't you understand? This man fills my nose, dark and pungent and sweet. It's your punishment, Layla. I cannot resist him, cannot resist the hunger. It's your punishment for betraying the pack. My husband, my prey. Halloween performance by Chatterbox Audio Theater. This is Robert Arnold. Death is nothing to us, says the philosopher Epicurus, and yet for thousands of years people have obsessed over what becomes of us when we die. Inevitably, on some idle evening, we will each find ourselves imagining the sensation of lying in our own grave. We know that somewhere above us the world continues as before, and yet we are powerless to reach it, and can only wait as our bodies thin, decay, and are reclaimed by nature. Thankfully, there is little reason to think that we will be aware of the prison our graves become after death. But what if we were to experience it before death? We will find out shortly, as Chatterbox Audio Theater presents tonight's third tale, which is entitled Food for Worms. Okay, first impressions. Uh, Hillcrest looks like... Any other abandoned cemetery you might see along the side of the road. Uh, it's an earthy, windswept place with low trees and thick vines growing along a broken fence. The grounds are rambling and uneven and are covered in a blanket of dead leaves. From beneath this blanket, the gravestones jut out like fingers. No, like teeth. The gravestones jut out like rotting teeth. Yeah, <laughs> that's good. It's the perfect scene for a mystery, which is fitting as it's been the site of three unexplained disappearances in the past few months. First, Jenna Halperin and James Wong, two sophomores at BHS. Then, local firefighter Yolanda Simmons. All three came to Hillcrest on a whim. All three vanished without a trace. No, 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 that's cliche. How about, all three vanished into its shadows? <laughs> Good. <laughs> Out here, in the dark, every sound is an omen of danger. Or disaster. Eric will like that. Omen of disaster. Luckily, this reporter brought along a good flashlight and a pocket knife for protection. It's not that he's scared. He just doesn't want to end up like the other... <coughs> Ooh! Uh, well, uh, hello? 
Hello! Oh! Oh, my leg! Oh, and my head! What happened? Did I I fall down here? Help! Can anyone hear me? Please help me! I'm I'm stuck down in this, this pit! Oh, man. Oh, man. Where's my recorder? In a strange turn of events, this reporter finds himself at the bottom of a deep, rectangular pit. It's almost... Oh, jeez. It's almost like an empty grave, but deeper. One can only wonder... Ahoy there, matey! Hello? Hello! Listen, please, you have to help me! My name is Paul Harris. I'm a newspaper reporter. I, I fell into this hole and I can't get out. I think I twisted my ankle and it feels like I may have hit my head. If you could call an ambulance... Ahoy, ahoy, ahoy! Give us some time to blow the man down. (laughs) Down, down, down. All the way down, dearie. All the way down. Hello? Hello, can you hear me? Please, I need your help. Shh, shh, listen. Is he coming? Ma'am, please, I don't know what you mean. If you could just call someone. Not yet. Well, then we wait. We wait. He will be here. Our pet will be here. Is the little dearie hungry? Am I hungry? Listen, lady, I just want to get out of here. Please. Dearie will get hungry eventually. Eventually, he'll want a snack for himself. Bombs away! (laughs) What? What's in the bag, lady? Eat up now, dearie. Eat up. Our pet likes them strong, you know. He doesn't like them when they're all skinny and broken. What? What in the world? This is raw meat. Eat up, dearie. Eat up. We'll be back when he comes. Give us some time to blow the man down. (laughs) My, My God. And so... Like Alice down the rabbit hole, it seems that this reporter has tumbled into a kind of nightmare. With my leg injured, there's no chance of climbing out alone. I'll just have to wait and hope that that strange old woman is going for help. Surely that's what she's doing. Surely I'll be out of here by morning. What? Uh, Oh, no. Aren't we hungry, dearie? Don't we want our yum-yum? Listen, please, you have to get me out of here. You have to call someone. I'm hurt. I need medical attention. We have to eat our yum-yum. We have to eat it. Our pet will be angry if we don't. You listen to me, you crazy old hag. Someone is bound to come looking for me soon. And when I tell them that you didn't even try to help me... What's that? What is the dearie shouting about? Being found, is it? Oh, no, no, no. No one will find us, little dearie. No one in the world. Except, except our pet. You're in some serious trouble, lady. My dad's a lawyer, and I promise as soon as I get out of here... listen. Listen. Do we hear him? Do we feel him? Yes! Yes, we do! He comes! The old woman is clearly mad, but surely she wouldn't leave me down here to die. I can only hope that whatever she's waiting for will be some kind of help to me, but 
I can't shake the idea that... Hold on. Hold on, she's right. Suddenly I do hear something and feel something. A, a vibration coming from from below, from underneath, even me at the bottom of this deep hole. It's, it's almost as if... There! The ground is, is churning, moving, like something is burrowing up! Hello, Pat! Oh, joyous day! Hello! Hello! Dirt pushes away in big clumps and it's like... Oh. Oh, no. Oh, my God! Yes! <laughs> what? What? What is that thing? Someone help me! Please! What is that thing? It's light again. The old crone is gone, at least for now. She threw some rotten vegetables down to me. I ate as much as I could without getting sick. I'm still hungry and lightheaded. My ankle throbs with pain. I... I wonder if I can describe what happened. What it was that tunneled up from beneath the ground. A worm? Kind of. Like a fat, pale grub worm. But huge. Almost... Almost half as big as me. It... It fed on me. It, it cornered me and, and wriggled around my leg, and then I felt something slice into me, and suddenly it was draining my blood. The old woman cheered it on the whole time. I tried to fight it, but it was like I was drugged or something. Eventually I passed out. I can't help but think that no one will ever find me here. That no one will ever know what happened. If only I could reach... Top of the morning, dearie! <laughs> oh, no, not you again. Uh... We've brought breakfast. Look out below! <laughs> oh. Listen, lady, you're involved in some really sick stuff here. You better hope I never get out of this pit, because if I do, then once I get my hands on you... Oh, you get a line, uh... I'll get a pole. Then once I get my hands on you, I'm going to toss you down here myself. And, and we'll see how much you like your little pet then. Hey, are you listening to me? Hey, Looney Tunes, I'm talking to you. baby. Mine. Little dearie, listen to us. We have the best of news. Our pet is back, and he's hungry again. Oh, no, 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 not already. Not so soon. Yes! Yes, he's hungry again, dearie. And you were so delicious. No! <laughs> no! Keep away from me! Keep away! I don't know whether anyone will ever find this tape or whether it will make any sense if they do. But right now, it's the only hope I have left. I've been down in this hole for a week. At least, I think I have. Sometimes it's hard to remember. For two nights in a row, it rained on me. I thought maybe I would get lucky and drown in my sleep. The old crone feeds me just enough to keep me alive. The creature comes back twice a day to drain me of blood. It's strange, though. 
the longer this goes on, the more that thing comes up from the ground to feed on me, the more I, I get used to it. In a bizarre sort of way, the regularity of its visits are almost comforting. Well, well! This dearie has lasted much longer than the other dearies. Hurrah for that! But where is our pet? It's not like him to be away so long. We know we shouldn't worry, but we do. We do. Come now, it's dinner time. Dinner time for our pet. Oh, we miss him. We miss him terribly. Where could he have gone? The little dearie has done something, hasn't it? We know it has. Promise us you haven't hurt our pet. Promise. One last entry. It's time. After 20 days of imprisonment, it's finally time for us to be freed. We are tired of waiting, little dearie. We are tired of this game. We don't have much patience left. If the dearie doesn't tell us where our pet is... He's here. Well, what does the dearie say? He's here. Our pet is here. That's right, you crazy old bag. He's down here with me. As a matter of fact, he's been down here the whole time. <sighs> the dearie is lying to us. We can't see our pet. We can't feel him. And that's because he's been busy. Look. What? Yes, that's right. It's his cocoon. <laughs> See how he built it alongside me, attached to my leg? I didn't want him to at first, but eventually I understood. See, this was the only way for him to stay nourished while he grew. Our pet is growing? Oh, yes, he's growing, changing. And now, finally, I think he's ready. <laughs> Oh, our pet! He's so much bigger! So much more beautiful! Yes, he is. And you know what else? Now he's got wings! <laughs> That's right! That's right! Eat your fill! <laughs> oh, excellent! And when you're done with her, you can help me out of this hole and then... <laughs> Then we'll go looking for some dessert. <laughs> you are listening to a live Halloween performance by Chatterbox Audio Theater. This is Robert Arnold. Within each of us lies the capacity to manufacture worlds. As radio listeners know better than anyone, the human mind is capable of fabricating an altogether separate reality, richly imagined and compelling down to the last detail. Thankfully, most of us can easily distinguish between the real world and the worlds we have willed into being. But people sometimes lose that ability. And whenever one person's reality, whether fictional or not, drives him to drastic action, all are endangered. 
We illustrate this point tonight as all six of our previous voice actors return to the microphone for one final tale of madness and horror. Chatterbox Audio Theater presents tonight's fourth story, which we call Happy Harry. Catherine? Catherine, wake up! Oh, hey. Ron? Are you okay? I I think so. Uh, Why am I tied up? Ron, what is going on? Where are we? I don't know. Some kind of shack or something. Can you move at all? Uh, No, my hands are tied behind me. And tied to the chair, I think. You? Same. Uh, Who are these other people? I have no idea. It looks like they're tied up too. Ron, where are we? I went to sleep in my own bed and now... uh, What's happening? I don't know, but it doesn't look good. Are they... I think these three are just asleep or or unconscious. Oh, but him... Oh, Oh, God, he's covered in blood. I'm going to go see if I can wake them up. (gasps) Miss, miss, wake up. Wake up! Mm -hmm. Hmm. Arthur... (sighs) Are... Oh, my God. What, what is this? Miss, you, you need to help us. Ah, I let me out of here! I, I, you crazy kook, I swear I'll have your hide. What is going on? Arthur! Arthur! Miss, miss, please, listen to me. We're all in the same situation here. Do you have any idea where we are? Well, yes. We're in the shed. The shed? The shed out back, behind the cabin that my husband and I own. Our little cabin in the woods. Is that your husband there next to you? Yes, that's him. Arthur! Arthur, wake up! Something terrible has happened. Uh-huh. Wake up, Arthur! Are you all right? God, I feel... Dorothy. Dorothy, honey, I can't move. I'm all tied up. So are we. No, wait a minute. Who are you people? What are we doing in the shed? We don't know. Arthur, it's horrible. We've been ta- taken from our beds and tied up here. What? By who? That's what we're trying to figure out. Now, d- d- listen. Do either of you recognize these other two men? Other two? Oh! Dear God! Oh, he's soaked with blood! Why, that looks like... Arthur. Arthur, it's Officer Stevens. You know him? Yes, he's... He's our son's parole officer. Your son? Who is your son? Michael. Michael Mayhew. Oh, my God. You're Michael Mayhew's parents? Yes. Who are you? I'm Catherine Bingham, and this is Ron Templeton. We've known Michael since college. What about that other man? I'm pretty sure he's still breathing. Hey. Hey! Hey, wake up! You don't have to shout. I'm awake, and I've been listening. Sounds like we're in a pretty sticky situation. Arthur, look! It's Dr. Carlo. Hello, doctor. Let me guess. You're Michael's doctor? Yes. More specifically, his psychiatrist. Doctor, do you know what's going on here? No. But I suspect we're about to find out. What makes you say that? There's someone at the door. Oh. Hello, everyone. Oh, you're all awake. Good. Good, that's good. Son, what in the world is this about? You have to untie us. Hi, Dad. I'm sorry if I scared you, but I need your help. Hello, Ron, Catherine. Mike, I don't know what you're up to here, but this is... Michael, look! 
Look, it's Officer Stevens, and he's hurt. He needs medical attention. No, Mom. He's past that now. What do you mean? He's not hurt, Mom. He's dead. He, he may not be. How do you know? Because I killed him. Michael, whatever is going on here, I promise we can work it out, but it's absolutely imperative that you untie us. I will, Doctor. I will. But let's talk first. Like I said, I need your help. You... You killed Officer Stevens? That can't be. Michael, why would you say that? I'm sorry, Mom. I, I didn't want to do it, and, and, I, and I didn't want to hurt any of you either, but... Mike? What's with the knife? It's nothing, Ron. It's, it's nothing. I just wanted you all to see that I'm serious. Oh, I think that's more than clear, Michael. You're really scaring everybody. It's okay. I'm scared, too. It's all right to be scared. Isn't it, Doctor? Of course it is, but it's not all right to scare others. Michael, whatever you're doing here, it's a mistake. Please, let us help you. That's exactly what I want, Dr. Carlo. I'm sorry about Officer Stevens. He was a necessity, something I had to do. Why? Never mind why. But now there's this body and people are looking for him and I don't know what to do, so I need your help. Michael, darling... You should have just talked to us. You didn't need to kidnap us. Bring us here like this. I'm sorry, Mom. It was the only way I could be sure. Mike, just tell us what you want us to do. Nobody else needs to get hurt. Yes, it's true. At least I hope it is. It's Officer Stevens. I can't go to jail for this. I need you to help me. Make him disappear. You mean get rid of the body? But how? I don't know. I don't know. That's why I'm asking you to help. You five are all I have. You're the only people in the world I can trust. What if we say no? Don't say no, Ron. Please. Michael, listen to me. Does this have anything to do with Harry? You shut up! Does it? Who's Harry? Do you want to tell them, Michael, or should I? Shut up! Shut up! I told you that's a secret! It's okay to talk about it. It will help you feel better. Did Harry make you do this? Michael, please! Who is Harry? Dr. Carlo? Someone tell us what's going on. You promised, Doctor! You promised never to tell! We can't help you if you aren't honest with us, Michael. With all of us. Wait, wait you said that policeman was Michael's parole officer? Why does he have a parole officer? It's, it's not important. Why, Mike? What did you do? Michael got himself into a little trouble last year, that's all. What kind of trouble? He decided to set a few fires. Isn't that right, Michael? I told you to shut up! Fires? Michael, God, I mean, I knew you were acting a little strange lately, but I had no Son, idea... Son, whatever it is, whatever is upsetting you, you've got to let us help. Uh, that's what I'm trying to do! If you'll all just listen to me! Just listen! All right, Michael. All right. We're listening. I just... I don't want it to happen again. And I know I can trust you. I know you'll be able to help me. I don't want it to happen again. Why? Why would it happen again? Because! Because it was only one! Only one what? One murder? He likes things in threes. Any less than three and he won't stay happy. Who? Who are you talking about, sweetie? Who won't stay happy? Harry... Harry is the man who lives inside Michael's head. Isn't that right, Michael? He, he laughs. All the time when he's happy, he laughs and laughs, and I can hear him all day long, even when I'm asleep. Oh, Michael! But that's okay. Everything is okay when Harry is happy. Happy Harry. 
But when he gets quiet, that's when I know something's wrong. That's when he makes me do things. Like set those fires? Until he laughs again. Until I can hear him. I, I know he isn't happy. And it's bad when Harry isn't happy. It's bad. Okay, son. It's okay. Look, why don't you just untie us, and we can all figure out what to do about this. The body. The, Officer Stevens, we have to hide it. Get rid of it somehow. Mike, you know we can't do that. Yes, you can. You have to. It's the only way. Or else... Or else what, Michael? Or else he, he, he may... Tell me to take you next. Michael, you don't mean it. Oh, my poor baby, you don't mean it. Please, let us go. Let us take care of you. I'm sorry, Mom. I don't want this. I don't want any of it. But I have to keep him happy. Oh, Michael. It's okay, Mom. It's okay. Please don't cry. Please don't cry. Catherine, listen. Yeah? I can't untie myself. Maybe we can untie each other. What do you mean? Scoot your chair a little closer. Put your back to me as much as you can. But he'll see us. Do it slowly. Please don't cry, please. It'll be okay. Harry will be happy and it will all be okay. Can you reach my wrists? Maybe. Ron, this is crazy. He'll kill us if he sees. He's going to kill us anyway. Can you loosen the knots? That's enough! Everybody quiet! He's here again. He's here! Stop, Catherine. Stop. Son, there's no one here but us. The people who care about you, who love you. Can't you see that this Harry isn't real? That he's all in your head. I know that. Of course I know that. And if, if, if he would just stay there, everything would be okay. He can't do anything while he's pacing around like that. He's sure to see. We need some way to distract him. If it was just me, just my head, I know I could handle it. But it's more than that now. I understand. What? I uh, understand. I see what you're trying to do, and I think I can help. But you'll have to be very quick. Dr. Carlo, what, what are you talking about? <laughs> are we going to need a shrink for the shrink? <laughs> I'm talking about you, Michael. No, he isn't. He's talking about us, Catherine. Be ready. You said Harry wants you to do things, bad things, and always in threes. It's the only way he'll stay happy. When I hear him half I laugh, I know he's happy. So you've gathered all of us here, the people who care about you, and you're asking for our help. But you're lying to us, Michael. No. Yes. Harry likes things in threes, you said. Officer Stevens was only one. You've got to kill at least two more of us before Harry will be happy. Two more of the people who love you, Michael. Shut up! Doctor, what are you doing? You're just making it worse! That's what has to happen, Michael. No matter what we do, no matter how much we try to help you, two of us will never leave this shed alive. You, you, you don't know that! At least two of us. Because who knows how many it will take to keep Harry happy. Who knows what else he may ask of you. But there's another way, Michael. There... There is? What's he doing? Distracting him. Be ready. Yes, there is. There's a way out of this that doesn't involve you hurting any of us, any of the people who love you most in the world. You could kill yourself, Michael. What? Oh, my God. Doctor, what are you saying? You could offer up your blood to Harry, your own blood. He can't ask for anything more than that. No. No. You could sacrifice yourself to keep Harry happy. And then, no matter what else happens, no matter what else he wants, you won't have to follow his orders anymore. Okay, Catherine, now, while he's agitated, see if you can loosen the knots. 
Dr. Carlo, what a horrible thing to suggest. What kind of a doctor are you? Michael, don't listen to him. No, no, no. You know I'm right, Michael. There's got to be another way. There is no other way, Michael. You know what you have to do. No, no, no. Come on, Catherine, come on. You can't get them. They're tied too tight. Let me see if I can get to yours. Do it, Michael. Free yourself. Then you and Harry can be happy together. No. No, you don't understand. I've thought of that. Don't you think I've thought of that? But he won't let me. He won't let me! You're stronger than him, Michael. Shut up! Why not show him how much stronger you are? Shut up! Do it, you coward! Do it! Now! Shut up! Shut up! Shut up! Oh, my God! Oh, no, son! No, you didn't have to do that! Yes. Yes. Do you see, Harry? Do you taste his blood sour and warm on your tongue? (laughs) Yes, be happy, Harry. It's all for you. Be happy. Be happy. (laughs) Ron, please hurry. I got it. The knot's loose. Can you slip your hands through? Uh, Yes, I can. I'm free. Hang on. on. Don't move. Not yet. It's too dangerous. We have to get that knife away from him. It is as you commanded. Great Harry, Lord of the Seven Worlds, Scion of the Eternal Serpent, he who laughs in dreams, I am your humble servant. Oh, Michael, Michael, what have you done? My boy, my sweet, sweet little boy. (laughs) No, no! Who's that? Is there someone outside? Help! Help us! We're here in the shed! (laughs) No, no! It wasn't enough, he's here! What do you mean, son? Who's here? What's going on? I told you! I have to keep him happy! As long as he's happy, he stays inside my head! What? What do you mean? But he's not happy yet! He needs one more! He needs one more person's blood, and he's he's come! He's come to get it himself! He's never gonna put down that knife! Steady, I have an idea. Now he's free! Now he walks the earth! Don't you see what you've done? I needed you to help me! <laughs> Mike! Listen! Take me! What? Ron, what are you doing? Harry needs one more, right? Right? Fine. Let it be me. I volunteer. Oh, no! But Ron, but Ron, you're my friend. I, I, I can't. You have to, Michael. There's no time to argue. He's here, isn't he? He's right outside. Yes. Yes. So take me! If it's got to be one of us, then let it be me. Ron, please. Yes. I'm sorry, Ron. I promise to be quick. Michael. Wait. One thing. What? You should have tied my legs. Uh, 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 Now, Catherine, now! Grab the knife! uh, No! No! Get off of me! Oh, my God! What are you doing? Stop! Stop! Got it! (laughs) Stay back, Michael. Stay back. No! Don't you see what you're doing? You're you're unleashing him! You're setting him free! (laughs) As long as Harry is happy, he lives inside my head. As long as he's happy, we're safe! Safe? You call this safe? I I can't let you set him free! I can't! No! Michael, no! Michael! Oh, God, Michael. I'm sorry. I'm so sorry. No. No. That'll do. He's happy again. Harry is... Happy. No, Michael! My poor baby! What have you done? Catherine, are you all right? I'm all right. 
Uh, here, let me untie you. You didn't have to do that! You didn't have to! We need I'm to find sorry, a phone. sorry, Mrs. Mayhew. Call the police. We need... Mr. Mayhew, are you all right? Uh, I said, are you all right? Oh, you know... You know, I'm just fine. It's kind of strange, really, to be perfectly honest. I even feel the slightest bit happy. <laughs> This concludes Chatterbox Audio Theater's fourth annual live Halloween performance. We apologize in advance for any nightmares that may result. Tonight's show featured the voices of Bill Andrews, Robert Arnold, Jerry Dye, Megan Lisi, Emily Peckham, and Steve Swift. Our musician was Sherry Hughes. Sound effects were performed by Doug Harden and David Barton. Layla was written by Deborah Hyatt. All other stories were written by Robert Arnold. The show was produced by Eric Sefton and directed by Robert Arnold. Chatterbox Audio Theater is a non-profit, web-based community theater that advances the exchange of ideas by channeling creativity and artistic collaboration into recorded audio works that enlighten, entertain, and inspire. Download our shows, meet our cast and crew, and make a donation to support our work at www.chatterboxtheater.org. There are a number of everyday precautions that we can all take that may help to slow down the spread of the coronavirus. The first is to make sure to clean your hands often. Now, washing your hands with soap and water for at least 20 seconds is the best, but if you don't have that, try to use a hand sanitizer that has at least 60% alcohol. And to the extent possible, avoid touching high-touch surfaces in public places. These are things like elevator buttons, door handles, handrails, or of course handshaking with people. Wash your hands after touching surfaces in public places. Avoid touching your face, your nose, and your eyes. And clean and disinfect your home to remove germs, practicing routine cleaning of frequently touched surfaces like tables, doorknobs, light switch handles will make a difference. Avoid crowds, especially in poorly ventilated spaces. All these small things that we can do may help to slow down the spread of the coronavirus. For more information, go to cdc.gov and be well, everyone. <laughs>